0: Hi sister, welcome to Women's Collective Consciousness Podcast. I'm Raven Fabrianti, or most people call me Bree. I am your host for this podcast, also founder of Women's Collective Consciousness, a mother, menstrual cycle coach, yoga teacher, and Pilates instructor, based in Melbourne, Australia. Before we begin, I would like to acknowledge the tradition of the LEN where I record this podcast. I pay my respect to the elders past, present and future. I also like to acknowledge to everyone who is listening to this podcast. This podcast is all about remembering, relearning, reconnecting and reclaiming the power of the wisdom as a woman and the magic as a cyclical being. We will unpack in the conversation around woman, cycle, health, wellness and well-being. Today we have really powerful conversation with Steph. We're gonna talk about the moon and the connection between the moon and the woman. This is a very powerful conversation. So let's dig in. Hello Steph. Hi
1: Ray, how are you going? Good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good. Really good, thanks.
0: I'm so thrilled to having you in our Women's Collective
1: Consciousness podcast. I should write down the time. Being an astrologer, I should actually write down the time. We're doing this at 11.36 a.m. and I'll get the date and the place later. But where are you based? I am based in
0: Seaforth in Australia, in Melbourne.
1: Yeah, okay, cool. That's what time it starts. I'll do the starting of your podcast for you. I'll look at the chart. <laughs> Thank,
0: you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh, well, I'm so thrilled to having you here. This is our first episode with the guests, so it will be really, really exciting. Uh, can you just please
1: let us know a little bit about you? That just froze and so I'll start again. Um, okay. I've been doing astrology for many, many years, and I absolutely love it. And I've been in business with it for many, many years as well. So, um I work as an astrologer. I see people. I'm a consultant. And also I and my partner many years ago, I started up a business called Esoteric Technologies. And in that business, we produce astrology apps and astrology software. And we started in Windows and we branched out into Mac OS and iPad and iPhone. And um, yeah, we, I just love it. So I'm really passionate about the stars, the astrology, um, looking beyond planet Earth, and also women, women in business. So when I first started, even before that I was a journalist, women were not, were really just starting to come into a whole new era. And that era, I feel, is really taking off now. There's so many wonderful young women doing things and creating things and going into businesses and the internet. And online shopping has really opened that up as well.
0: Mm, 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 yeah, totally agree. And then I think I heard that you being a journalist before, so you probably noticed this from many years ago, how the woman's in business is growing and evolving from back then to now, right?
1: Yes. And I also have noticed um, because you do astrology, it's separate to society. So society can say, well, only in the 50s and 60s, really, was saying women were at home, they didn't have options, they had to be at-home mothers. Then it's almost swung the other way, to, that to be a, an at-home mother is not okay. So what astrology will do is kind of just give you permission to be you, and I've noticed that over the years, that women have need to unfold their own story, their own journey. You know, it's an individual thing and it's not about what society tells us we should be. Mm,
0: mm, so beautiful. Well, thank you for that intro. It's really touching me <laughs> as a young woman. Well, before we begin to anything, I would like to ask you, so if you are still bleeding, we started this um with cycle check-in or if you are not bleeding anymore, um, perhaps you already in the perimenopause or postmenopause, um, where are you in your life as a woman?
1: This is really interesting because um, it's actually you that enlightened me or got me onto the path of going beyond the trifold um, stages, so maiden mother crone. And I thought, oh, you mentioned marga. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. And so I'm really embracing the marga. Which is I'm finished with my, my periods with my menstrual cycle. And I am now not ready to be a crone. I really feel that I am at the marga stage. Some people call this, um, or I looked online and it said that some people actually call this the, um, the wild woman phase before you get to the wise woman. Well, I like to think I'm kind of straddling both. Like I like to think there's a bit of wisdom there, but it's so true. As the maga, I feel like. I've just reached this stage where I've got so much to give back. I had so many um hurdles as a young woman in a patriarchal world. And thats it's still pretty patriarchal, but it is swinging. It is swinging, which is good. So the rise of the feminine is there again, which is great. I love it. I'm embracing it. But I had a few really wise women who helped me along the way, and I sought them out because... I've always looked beyond the material. And so these women really helped me. So I'm at that market stage where I feel like I know what I'm doing. Um, of course, there's always lessons and you, you, um, we, we never stop learning. We never stop growing. But I feel that I have a lot to contribute now in that stage of, oh, you finished with men- menstruation. I was only talking to, and this would be something that you probably have talked about, but there's not enough done in medical science to actually link the menstrual cycle and the hormonal cycle with mental health. And I was only talking to somebody the other day about how the introduction of the period, then when I was pregnant and my periods came back again afterwards, and then when I went through perimenopause and menopause, it really affected me and my state of mind. And um, astrology for me really helped me, as well as people and friends and loved ones, but astrology really helped me through that. But I think there could be a lot more research done on the cycles of women because really what I deal in is cycles, astrological cycles, but there are weather cycles, sleep cycles, moon cycles, all sorts of cycles, and women are in tune with that.
0: Mm, mm, I cannot agree more this is so juicy I love it oh my god yes totally agree um when I was studying uh, cycle coaching with Claire Baker last year we kind of like got into this medical science and stuff right and then there is really fascinating because there is not enough stuff out there to link into the mental health and stuff you know um personally i have been taking some injection for contraception for i think about like few years only uh lucky for that only for about last like four maybe four or five years um, but the effect on contraception afterwards it was crazy because I thought it was just because I'm moving to Australia and then everything changing. And then obviously, you know, like I need to readapt with the land that I am living in now. But actually, this is not just the adaptation itself, but the effect of a mental health when I finished the contraception was huge. So I was experienced that for a few years and really fighting with myself. But lucky I got the tools from, you know, like yoga, meditation, and then community that is really helped me bring myself back. Otherwise, I will be lost somewhere. (laughs) So yeah, it's really, really big topic to dig in. But hopefully
1: one day. It is a huge topic. And just on that note, I remember when I was quite young, there were a lot of Greek women coming out from obviously from Greece. And I went to, uh, like you to kind of see a, I can't remember what they called it then, but a gynecologist or somebody about the cycles and my own cycles. And he was telling me that that's very common that when women shift from country to country, um, periods can just stop for a period of time and I think that's also true if you go through trauma and I think it's a really good lesson not just for uh, women but for men as well that we live in a society where everything's instant instant coffee instant this ATMs you know and the cycles aren't instant they're a flow they're a process and so if you've had something huge like moving country, that's great. That's exciting. That's oh, hopefully you're doing it to improve your, your quality of life, but also just let your body and your whole psyche kind of catch up. Um, you know, I do this in astrology where we have a major transit and people say, but that's finished now. But after an earthquake, you don't kind of go, Oh, well, that's finished now. You have years of assimilating, not just the physical, but the emotional and getting your mind around the hugeness of it. So moving from one culture probably if you're in a similar culture it might not be as I don't know I've always moved to a similar culture but it's a big thing
0: it was a big thing um especially I think the weather is the one really teach me how to live because in Indonesia we only experience wet and dry and then in here we have four different seasons so it's funny enough Last year, I tried to escape in winter. So I went to Bali for only a couple of weeks. But as soon as I come back, my body was just not happy with it. And then my cycle was kind of like telling me something, of course. And the reflection of that this year, I said, I'm not going to go anywhere this winter. I want to embrace it. And it just so... Beautiful once you accept it and embrace it is something from you know like the higher's is just come and then you know like it's a time to reclaim it once you accept it so yeah yeah I totally agree with you. Anyways, let's moving with our topic for today. So I'm um, just so interesting about your perspective. Because women have this reflection of the moon, and then I'm pretty sure you do have, you know, a huge wisdom behind the moon as astrologist. So I just want to know what do you think about this reflection with the lunar cycle and the menstrual cycle of woman, or even the life in general?
1: Uh, I think the moon is huge. You know, I, I read on um, a NASA, on the NASA site once they had a question and it was, what's the most important thing out there in the universe? What's the most important entity for Earth? And I was thinking, oh, maybe it's the sun or, you know, no, it's the moon. The moon, without the moon, we're gone. And the moon has this huge gravitational pull on the Earth. It affects the tides. It affects water. And we're Every individual is so much, um, contained with water. So of course it's going to affect us as well. And the cycle of the moon, the average cycle of the moon and the average cycle of a woman's menstrual period is the same. So it's, it's got to be tied in. Now, one of the problems that we have in modern day is we have bright city lights. And I mean, they're gorgeous, aren't they? And we all love this. Well, a lot of us love the city. I mean, I do personally love nature, but We love to get up in the city and all the things that it offers, but it detracts from that natural cycle of tuning into, as you said, sort of just settling with the weather and going, okay, this is where my body is, this is where my psyche is. How can we just accept that? And so in answer, this is a kind of long way of answering your question, but, yeah, the two are intricately tied, women and the moon. The moon in astrology is women. It's your mother, it's your nurturing, it's your nourishment, it's the flow. Um, and so it's a goddess, you know, the goddess Diana. Um, so it's very much um, tied in with women and the cycles. Now, one of the things that I love, I mean, I love science. I love a good scientist who tells me, you know, this does or doesn't exist. But often we only let something be validated once science says it's okay. And I'm a great believer in tuning into the feminine, and the intuition, and so many things have been lost through us having this period in history of the patriarchy. There's nothing wrong with lovely male energy. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the misuse of power and what can come through that, I guess what a lot of people would call the privileged white male. I'm a privileged white woman. But. What I'm talking about here is not men versus women, I'm talking about the feminine, and the moon is the feminine, and all of us getting in touch with that feminine. And while we're in touch with that feminine, we're in touch with the intuition and not that kind of part of us that can lead us away from that. So science now, um, there was an article in the scientist magazine that talks about a study that they've done. And I thought, oh, isn't this lovely? Now we're gonna get some science on this. And they affirm what we've known, which is that women's cycles, particularly when they're younger, because our cycle does change as we get older, but young women and their cycle is in sync with the moon. And the interesting thing is it's in sync with either the new moon or the full moon, so not the kind of periods that go around. And isn't it interesting that I just use the word period as well? I just realised that. But not the not the phases of the moon. It's so women can tune in with the full moon and with the new moon. And I've also found when I was younger, not so much now, obviously, because I'm I'm no longer menstruating, but when I was younger, I found if you had a very close female circle of friends, you would often get in sync with that full moon as well, together, or the new moon together. Mm-hmm. So yes, you're right. There's a really strong correlation between the average length of the woman's menstrual cycle and the moon. Mm. And I could go on and on and on, right Do you want me to keep going? Yeah. Oh my god. I really, really
0: love it. So you know what? This is also really interesting because that's before what happened with me um a couple of months ago after the cease and then I'm messing up with my cycle at the moment. So, but before that, my cycle is always sync either with the new moon or the full moon. And then, as you said, you know, like I have like a few group of friends, and then if I got my period, and then the other one got period, then another one got period, <laughs> you know, like it's always like at the same time. So it's really interesting. What is your thought around bleeding? In the new moon versus bleeding in the full moon.
1: That's a really interesting one. I don't have any um, set or strict thoughts around that, but very generally speaking, um, in the full moon is often about letting go. Uh, we we have this wonderful dance that happens between the sun, the earth, and the moon, and that's why we get that full light at full moon because the earth is out of the way and the sun's shining right on the moon. So things are lit up and we see what we need to let go of. So I would say that if you're in sync with the full moon, you'd be letting go more. You would have, say, perhaps a heavy, heavier menstrual period or a sense of, um, letting go. The other thing I would say is, and, and we're talking now about the cycles of the moon just before the new moon, we consider that the kind of dark side. So it's kind of a dark dark period or the dark moon if you like so I would say that just before the new moon if you have your period at the new moon just before the new moon and before your period is the key time to kind of rest and reflect whereas if you have your um, period at the full moon I would say that's when you go into the red tent that's when you kind of go okay I'm letting go I need to nurture nourish Um, you know I personally had a lot of problems with my periods and very heavy flow. So I would take a couple of iron tablets and I would try and not have anything in my diary for that time. But that, this is a gross generalization. I, there's not enough, I don't know enough about it and there may be others who do. But I, I do think that the full moon as a letting go is a really kind of, okay, let's tune in, let's see what we, because basically your, your period is detoxing you. It's letting, all of the things that have kind of built up and may not be okay in your, in your uterus or in your blood go. So it's a really vital, beautiful part of a cycle. But it is one where we, we, we tend to push through, you know, it's like, um, Oh, I've got my period. No, I've got my period. I've got my, my blood flow. I need to really settle and just tune into what it means to be feminine and what that means. We don't have to do it for, you know, a whole week. You can store it for a couple of days. But I loved that book. I can't remember the author. I think it was Rachel, someone, who actually wrote a book about the red tent, how in ancient times they used to send the young women to the the red tent when they had their flow. And then others, the the, the other women from the community would come in and look after the children and, and nurture them. And I thought, oh, that's so beautiful. And, um, so getting back to your question about full moon versus new moon, I think, um, I think there may actually be a bit of a difference, you know, I think, and it may also be something to do with the individual, how you respond to full moons and new moons. You know, um, anecdotally, you kind of hear a lot of people say, Oh, this full moon's really affected me. That's interesting too. As a bit of a side note, depending on your sun sign and depending on your birth chart, Different full moons will during the year affect you. So the Leo one always affects me because I have a Leo moon. So in again, in society, we're really focused on the sun and the sun sign. But it's I think it's really lovely if you can get your time of birth and know your moon sign because that's how you nourish yourself. And if you're not nourishing yourself, you're not kind of moving forward in a way that's best for you. So, depending on which full moon and new moon it is, um, is a different thing again. So, you can see this kind of layer upon layer. Um, and then depending on your person, personal astrology, your personal makeup as well, um, you may have different sensitivities to different moons, um, throughout the year because everyone's in a different side, sign, uh, sign when they're in a similar sign twice in a month. That's called a blue moon. So, it's once that's what we mean by. Once in a blue moon <laughs> because then there's, because of the cycles, there's kind of 13 moons in the year instead of 12. Um, But every moon also has a different name, like a, a blood moon, flower moon, and pink moon, and these all have some beautiful um stories behind them as well. If you have a lot of cancer in your chart, if you're a cancer person born with the sun sign in cancer, and also moon or rising sun or any of the personal planets, then I am always advising my clients, super, super sensitive to the moon. So really tune, everyone should anyway, better gardening by the moon as well. You know, the moon is so important and it does, as you said, just coming back to your, your question, it really does tie in with women. And I think I think there may actually be a difference between full moon and new moon bleeding.
0: Mm-hmm. Because it's funny that um, since I started my menstrual cycle awareness journey and then I begin with my cycle charting, there is time when, of course, I bleed in the full moon, but I actually feel like even though I'm bleeding, I still have a Capacity to show up into the world and then do what i need to do but of course in a feminine wise Mm -hmm. but versus when i'm bleeding in the new moon it's more like yeah don't touch me (laughs) like i'm gonna cancel all the booking and appointment like nah no 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 but yeah because i remember i think when we do um I think our first circle um, was he was there. I was actually on my day one or two of my cycle. So really, really fresh. But it's just really beautiful when I reflect now this year um when I holding the space for other women's during my bleeding time versus during not bleeding time or even in different phase of the cycle. So let's example, when I was in my menstrual phase, I'm more into feminine-wise, and then I'm less talking and just listening when I'm in my versus, you know, ovulation or pre-ovulation, I'm more into like, yes, just give it, give it, give it, give it. Um giving all that information and then just really engaging with people. And then it's the same thing when I also teach classes and things like that. I'm more chatty, but of course, before uh in my pre-menstrual and in my menstruation phase, it's just more inward and then just listening. So yeah, it's really interesting. This the cycle of the menstrual cycle and depending where I'm bleeding in where the moon is, it's affecting everything. So, yeah, it's just really interesting. And is there any sign, is there any thought, um, you know, if you are, is, I know this is kind of really broad, really broad, Um, what, you reckon bleeding in one specific moon in the different phase of a season. So let's just in summer and you're bleeding in the full moon time because the energy is outside is really really high. Yeah, that's
1: a really good question. I don't I don't think I know the answer um because you you're talking about the moon, the seasons, And the seasons are based a lot on the sun Mm. because of the distance from the sun from the earth and its closeness to the earth. We think, oh, the sun's hotter, but actually it's hotter because it's closer to one side of the earth than the other. This is an interesting thing with the moon, though, because the other correlation that the scientists have found, because um, the... Planets around the sun and the moon around the earth have what's called an elliptical cycle. So it's not a perfect circle. It's actually more kind of, if you think of an elongated. So there's going to be times when the moon is closer to the earth and further away. And they think that women's cycles are more likely to be in sync with the moon when it's at what they call perigee or closest to the earth. Um, so that's a really good question because. The, I, I think possibly that's more related to the sun, the seasons. But I mean, it certainly, got, it certainly makes a difference, um, to how we feel, doesn't it? Well, it does to me because I'm a summer baby. So I love summer and, um, you know, I'm always going to be more energized in summer and more introverted in, in winter. Um, and again, this, this I think would correlate to your moon sign. I have a fire sign moon got a friend who is also a Sagittarius but she has an earth Capricorn moon and she loves winter so you've got a good point there I have to think about that one
0: Mm -hmm. yeah it's interesting because I also got Sagittarius uh, rise um in my charts, and then I do love winter
1: (laughs) yes what's your um birth what's your sun sign and your moon sign read um
0: Sun, my son is a Pisces and yeah. Moon is Taurus. Right. Mm-hmm. Generally
1: speaking, um, you know, Pisces are going to love love the cold. But again, it, it depends a little bit on the rest of the chart. You could simply love the water and being in cold water or deep diving during summer. Um, so it's kind of different. But yeah, your Taurus moon is i would say why you are doing this whole thing with cycles and nature and and it's a very feminine moon because it's ruled by venus so there's the whole women and cycles it's very sensual as well mm-hmm. um a taurus moon
0: interesting yeah i never thinking about it because uh when i checked my astrologist i think a few years ago that was just like coincident because i doing some tarot reading, and then my beautiful teacher who's done the tarot reading for me also really interesting of the moon. And then she's just like, All right, when is you born? Yes. <laughs> so I was like, Okay, um, and then yeah, and then I just found my chart from her, and then I never really get into deep around that. And we also do some Indian astrologies, um, with another astrologist from india but it's it's you know like something is really related with me in the spiritual realm but in the more into like the why i'm working and living is i feel like that is a little bit disconnection from that astrologers but i mean like it's always different people right reading your chart so i will be very very interesting to having another read <laughs> and then see what is come up because i think um yeah it's just really interesting that is every year from your um chart it's reflect different
1: ways. yes your yes. life. Absolutely. I mean, when you're born, you see a chart. And if you've ever seen an astrology chart, you've got the round circle. And in it, we can tell your birth and your home and your parents' relationship, what sort of relationship you want. Then up the top, we look at profession. But clearly, that doesn't all happen in the first year of life. So there have to be kind of triggers. You know, it's a bit like turning a combination lock. So when is this when's the best time and where's the best time for this little person to go to school or how are they going to respond to having another child born after them? And right through life, there, there's a site. And again, we get back to cycles. We're talking about the cycles of life. And I mean, we, you and I are talking about the moon and menstrual start cycles because they're so intricately linked. But we could also talk about sun cycles, which we touched on a little bit. But every year just before your birthday, your we would say that the sun is in the solar chart going through a dark phase so before your birthday is a really good time to kind of look back on the previous year and let go of things that have worked or haven't worked um keep things that have worked and and throw away things that haven't worked and to reflect on that year before you kind of go and light the candles and celebrate and um People will often find that just before their birthday, something big will happen because it's a letting go kind of period. So there are different cycles all the time, as you say. And, um, astrology is, is wonderful, but you know, it's not for everybody e- either. And also, um, what people understand about astrology is, is quite different, you know, because they're just reading the sun signs, which is great. I mean, um, I love the sun signs. If it's done properly, it works. But it's just one little part of a whole picture. You know, if you just stand outside in the night sky and look up, you'll see that there's a whole picture there. We, you know, you don't have to be kind of, um, well, what was he, Copernicus? Or No, it wasn't Copernicus. Yes, it was. Sorry, I'm having a mental blank moment. This happens in Marga period, by the way. <laughs> I think it's a signal that you're about to go into crone. <laughs> So that's what I'm thinking. But yeah, that you don't have to be an astronomer to get to stare up at the skies and say, yep, the sun's great. It's really important too, but it's just one part. And also, I guess, thinking about it, the sun has become very important during this period of oh, I keep calling it patriarchy, but that's how I think of it. The sun is also the father, the moon's the mother. So um it, I, I'm really keen to see the moon come back into play a lot more. Mm,
0: mm, mm, yeah, oh, I'm looking forward to it. Um, just that you touch a little bit about birth, um, very interesting. You know how I have a few clients uh, with the cycle coaching and, you know, because she's pregnant or she's postnatally obviously her bleeding is haven't back yet so she couldn't recline the menstrual cycle just yet and what i have learned from my teacher it said you know like we or most of the teacher this day is said oh just following the moon you know like so thinking about when you are bleeding time you know like in the new moon and then your you are ovulation in the full moon so you're just following the cycle of the moon during pregnancy and then postnatally before you can recline your menstrual phase back so what is your thought about following this cycle of the moon when you have not experienced your
1: period absolutely i think it's really important it's not just, I mean, we're talking about menstruation because that's your specialist area, but it's all fluids in the body as well. So tuning into the moon and getting into a cycle can then reset all your cycles as well. I would have thought. And, you know, having a child or even, um, you know, when, when I was young, um, you know, in, in the sixties, the pill came in. It just came in, you know. Now how much, we talk about pharmaceuticals these days, but how much research did they really um do? I don't know. And it would throw every woman's cycle into a regimented um well into a regime, which look, and as far as liberating women and giving women more choice and all of that, I mean fabulous, fantastic. But when I was young, because the pill made me so ill, I looked into, um, I wasn't Catholic, but the Catholic, I got put on to the Catholics who did the natural rhythm cycles and I learned a lot about my body, things that had not been taught because our mothers didn't teach us. And I don't know if young women these days are teaching their, their children all the different forms of how a woman's body actually works. I mean, when I was young, you weren't, You wouldn't even have known what a vagina looked like, really. I mean, you know, because who talked about it? And women certainly, my grandmother never would have talked about menopause. Um, I just there were so many just basic facts that I did not know. And hopefully some of that's changing now. But again, this this idea of tuning into to to nature and the moon, I think that needs to be a real basic thing that's taught even at school for maybe for boys as well but definitely for girls just and it's not that that's the only way i'm not saying don't go on the pill don't do this you can make the choices that you want to make for your own body um i really am passionate about that and uh very very sad and angry about the americans and the decisions they've made about abortion um and i do have personal beliefs about um I would not have I would not have had an abortion myself but in certain circumstances again it's individual choice and so um and I think we're coming into that with the the moon's nodes are another thing which is um, more of a kind of mathematical thing but the moon's nodes are very very uh, poignant and karmic and significant in astrology they're about to shift into um Aries on July the 18th it's in 2023 and um That is very much going to be about individual choice, I think. We're going to hopefully see um, a little bit more of a swing back to that. But getting back to what you were saying is I think that could easily be the first step to actually get in sync with the moon and the moon cycles, and I think that would then really help calm whatever it is that's kind of disrupted your cycle, whether that's physical, whether that's emotional, mental, spiritual, or all of the above. Maybe the body just needed me needs a rest for some people after um childbirth. Maybe it is a big, big change. Maybe you've instituted other changes. I certainly moved house, moved um interstate when I was pregnant. It was my first baby and I thought, oh wow, that's easy. You just don't know. So you make these choices and um I think getting back in, in touch with the moon would be a lovely, gentle way of kind of doing that. And I think, um, it's really cool to do that at whatever stage of life you're in anyway. I just think the moon's so beautiful. I and mean, when we all look up at the moon, we all see the moon. We all share the moon. It has a significant effect on earth. And when you look at it without the sun and just sort of, it's pretty, pretty damn plain, isn't it? Really? It's like a, an ashy kind of surface and it's all grey and, you know, um, but when you see the cycles of it and the lighting up of it and the phases of it, it's the light. It's holding the light that makes it magical.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, talking about looking at the moon, well, we are all looking at the moon, but I'm really, really the why you explain it on your reel how you can see the moon when
1: from the C curve of your hand? Can you can you share that? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. An astrology a colleague of mine wrote this thing. She, <laughs> I do it too. Sometimes I just put something on Twitter and I go blah. And she wrote, if you're an astrologer and you don't know what phase of the moon is by looking up in the night sky, then you're not an astrologer. And I went, oh, my gosh, I'm not an astrologer. I've been doing this for 30 years. And I just follow my own computer programs or I know because, you know, I know there's a full moon coming up. But to actually look at it, and it's obviously it's different from northern hemisphere to southern hemisphere, so you flip it over. But basically the the moon has the new moon and then it's waxing. It's At the new moon we don't see it because Earth is between the moon and the sun, so it's a, a dark night sky. But then as it waxes or gains light towards the full moon, That's what we call the waxing phase. And in the southern hemisphere, if you hold up your left hand and it makes a C, and if the light's in that curve of your left hand, that is waxing. It is going towards full moon. Then when it reaches full moon, it's full, and it goes the other way. If you hold up your right hand and the light is in that curve of your right hand, then it's waning or losing light as it goes towards the new moon. And I looked that up and I thought, oh, my gosh, all these years, and I've been actually kind of talking about and trying to enthuse other people about the cycles of the moon. And, yeah, I just, I look up and I know, oh, because I know, because I'm doing the astrology and I know that we're coming up to a full moon, I I go, oh, yeah, the moon's almost full, or, oh, it's after full moon. But I've never really thought about the light.
0: Mm-mm, isn't it so interesting when i was watching it i was like have to watch it like five times <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's unique, right even i had to kind of go which which hand was it because it's opposite in the northern hemisphere so
0: yeah yeah totally
1: oh my
0: god i love that
1: well i
0: think that was a really good one to end our conversation today um so listeners if you want to know where the moon where you are on the moon <laughs> you know that <laughs> just play replay and then steph just explain it so don't ask me <laughs> <laughs> um so before we close down i just wanna ask you what is the three things that you are as grateful for being a woman oh
1: wow what a special question That's a really good question. I certainly think that when I was young, I think when I was young, I have a funny feeling that my father actually wanted a boy. So for me, the turning point of really accepting my femininity was having my son, and I am forever grateful for that. Um, that was a surprise, and it was a wonderful surprise. Um. So being a mother and I think the women, the connection that women make, the relationships that women make, I'm really grateful for that. And the third thing, that's so really, that's, yeah, um, about being a woman. Wow, that's a surprise. You've surprised me here, Ree. <laughs> They're the two things that I can really think of. I th- I think it's just the third thing would be my body. I really appreciate my body, um, which sounds like a strange thing because I've had some big health challenges in my life and my body and I have had battles at times. But I think I'm real. I think that a woman's body is pretty receptive, and I appreciate that.
0: Mm, mm, yes. 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 reclimate. it. I love it. Yes. I know. It's a big question,
1: right? <laughs> yeah. You gave me a hint of some of the others, but that was out of the blue. <laughs> but it's really it's a really good question. Really good question. Thank yeah. you. You're welcome.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: thank you again for
0: sharing. I'm really appreciate for... You to be here to be my first guest well,
1: thank you for the opportunity it's been wonderful
0: yeah so if people want to follow you and to find you where can they find you at
1: my personal consultations and my kind of more personal if you like it's still professional but it, it's got a lot of me in it is at seeing with stars um so seeing with Stars, and I'm on Instagram and Twitter. Um, And if they're interested in taking astrology a little bit further beyond a personal consultation or a report, um, I have a business called Esoteric Technologies, which has apps and software and all sorts of things like that.
0: Mm -hmm. I will put all that link in here so listeners can find you. And then thank you again for your time today. It was so lovely to chat with you.
1: That's a pleasure. Thank you again, Ray.
0: Thank you,
1: um, sister. Thank
0: you for joining us for the powerful podcast episode. Don't forget to check out our Instagram at Women's Collective Consciousness for the update of our next event, Women's Circle workshop and gathering base in melbourne australia i also have a free gift for you to start your menstrual cycle journey check out our website www.womanscollectiveconsciousness.com to reclaim free guide how to cycle charge If you enjoy listening to this podcast and this episode, please share it with other women in your life. And i always learning, thriving, and evolving. So don't forget to leave a review and feedback. Thank you, beautiful.